1: guys they, they say they're keeping the law in this area or in that area but elsewhere in here and we'll look at it in a moment He says unless you're keeping the law in every area it does you absolutely no good how many of you have been perfect all day today can I see a, and then for those of you that have the sin of lying we'll be praying for you too okay I mean I, I, I think sometimes man even an hour can I go just an hour Lord can I go just an hour we can't do it. We cannot live the law. And that's the reality of what Paul's message to, uh, to the world is. To live
0: up to the law required by the Jewish religion is impossible. This is why God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. Pastor David teaches you today that you cannot live up to the law on your own. You must have a savior who can help you and ultimately take the blame when you fall short. Jesus is that Savior, and He's available to you. Acknowledge Him and accept Him into your heart, and you'll no longer be under the burden of the law. Instead, you'll be under God's love and grace. Now, here's Pastor David in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, as he continues his message Those Galatians.
1: says, indeed I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. What's he saying there? Not the circumcision, the, the idea of trying to, I'm doing this because of what's going on now, because now in our culture, that's a whole different issue. What he's saying for them then, the only ones that were being circumcised were the Jews that were trying to fulfill the requirements of the law. And so he says, if you're being circumcised in order to fulfill the requirements of the law, then guess what? Christ has become nothing to you. He profits you nothing. For I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised, again, as a fulfillment of the law, every man who becomes circumcised, that he is now a debtor to keep the whole law. You have fallen from grace... For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, circumcision nor uncircumcision literally avails you anything but faith working through love. This is a wow factor for them that are hearing this. Particularly if if I'm a Jew And I've been raised generation after generation after generation of Judaism. And I know that, man, as part of my fulfillment as a Jew, I was circumcised. And now you're coming and telling me, no, that's not it. That's not the deal. So what are you saying, Paul? The keeping of the law is nothing. The keeping of the law does not save. That's what he's trying to drive home to them over and over and over. Because these Judaizers had come into these churches And they're trying to twist it around and turn it around completely with this quote-unquote new gospel. And I could just I can understand how this comes because even today we get these people, oh, you know, I've got a new word from the Lord and to really grow as a believer, you have to wear on Wednesday nights red checkered shirts or red plaid shirts. So Bob, you're doing really well in in your salvation. I see that. uh, You know, Jim, you're a little close. You got red, but it's like solid and, and stripes. I don't know if that's going to come. Kelly, you're solid. It's not plaid. You got to be plaid in order to be spiritual. I got this new word from the Lord. And, and and as foolish as that sounds, the foolishness of those that were going into the church and saying, look, to really be accepted by God, you've got to follow the law. You, 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 you've got to be circumcised if you're a male. You've got to follow all these. Oh, you're, you're, the food that you eat, you can't eat that. Food, if you're saved, and you see they were pulling all of that stuff. So suddenly they were pushing those who had again come to faith in Christ back under the burden of the law. And man, this is this is like really irritating to to Paul. I believe that again, you you can see just you foolish Galatians, who in the world has tricked you, who's deceived you, man. You're going back into what you've been pulled out again from, and. Look at verse 7 here still in chapter 5. You ran well. You were doing so good. Man, I was so blessed by you guys. You were doing really great in your walk in the Lord. So who hindered you from obeying the truth? This whole situation had gotten out of hand in, in those churches in Galatia. And again, this this whole idea of almost a spiritual one-upsmanship because I'm doing this. Oh, you're not doing that. Well, you know, I do this twice a a day, and you're not doing it at all. Well, that makes me more spiritual. That makes me closer to God. And so again, this whole kind of deal. Look still in chapter 5. Look down in verse uh, 12. This is where you can see the frustration of Paul. He says, I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves or mangle themselves, maim themselves. In other words, take a knife to themselves. They're requiring you to be circumcised. Matt, I wish that they would just go and and literally, what he's saying, that they would castrate themselves. That's the frustration that Paul has in this whole issue. And so uh, we we, uh, part more of it down in chapter 6. Look over in uh, verse uh, 13. He says, you've got to realize, for not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire that to have you circumcised that you may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, these guys, they they say they're keeping the law in this area or in that area, but elsewhere in here, and we'll look at it in a moment. He says, unless you're keeping the law in every area, it does you absolutely no good. How many of you have been perfect all day today? And then for those of you that have the sin of lying, we'll be praying for you too. Okay. I mean, I think sometimes, man, even an hour, can I go just an hour, Lord? Can I go just an hour? We can't do it. We cannot live the law. And that's the reality of what Paul's message to, uh, to the world is, that the law was the thing that brought us to Christ, that revealed to us the greatness, the desperation of our, of our need. Some have called Galatians literally the, the Magna Carta of, of Christian liberty. The Magna Carta of Christian liberty. This is our statement. This is our declaration. We're not bound under the law anymore. We are free from the law, O happy condition. Look, look back at, at chapter one. Let's look at a couple of things uh, a little bit uh, closer. And we'll cover this probably pretty quick to try and get as much as we can. Again, uh, just as we uh, shared earlier there in verse 6, I marvel that you turned away uh, so soon, uh, that you turned away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. And then he says, but even if we... Or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again: If anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Now. How would you like to be the poor guy that's writing this out for Paul? I think Paul's shouting at this point in time. He is, he is just like so overwhelmed. He had spent time with these guys. He shared with them the reality and the truth of the gospel. They set up elders within these churches to again maintain and keep the message pure and clean. And then he gets message from others that says, man, these Judaizers, they've they've changed the whole church around, and they're bringing in this teaching. And he said, I don't care who it is. I don't care if he comes and he says he's from Jerusalem. I don't care if he comes and says, look, an angel told me about this. I don't care if he comes with, with whatever. If he's preaching another gospel, then let him be accursed. And he says, oh, and by the way, it's not really another gospel. It is a perversion of The gospel. And beloved, we see that in so many of these other cultish, I won't even call them Christian religions, but they themselves say that they're going by the word of God, but they've either got a totally mistranslation of the word of God, and they continue to put their people under bondage, and unless you're out visiting so many times, unless you've got this so many times, unless you're giving so much, you know, throughout your life, then you, unless you're doing all of these works, you do not have salvation. The Jehovah Witness are under that kind of a bondage. Those that are under the teachings of Mormonism, they have no idea if they are saved from the time that they live all through their life, as good as they try to live. You can speak to any Mormon you know. Do you know for certain that if you were to die today, that you would be in the presence of the Lord Almighty? They don't have that assurance. And yet John says, I write to you who believe that you might know that you have Eternal life. It is an assurance that God gives us. Why? Because it's not my thing. It is God's work in me, and I trust His work. I place my life fully into His hands. Oh, and 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 Paul, I believe, is shouting at this point. Man, I told you. I'm going to tell you one more time. You know, if a, if it comes again, let him be a curse. He just repeats himself right there. And. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bond servant of christ That's one thing we see in paul's life he's not worrying about pleasing man at all. And so he continues. Now, this next section, once again, he's having to give uh, uh, kind of a a background and a defense of his apostleship. And he's saying, listen, I I, I didn't get sent by man. I got sent by God. I didn't go and get the okay from the guys in Jerusalem. No, God called me and I spent time with him. As a matter of fact, when I went back to Jerusalem, those guys didn't add anything to my message. Look what he says in chapter 2. He says, then after 14 years, this is 14 years after his salvation, he says, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, and also I took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation, and I communicated to them that gospel which I now preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation." If by any means I might run or had run in vain. So in other words, he, he, he came to some of those, again, that were there. Um, I, I want to back up uh, verse 18, kind of uh, chapter 1, verse 18. It says, after three years, I, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter, and I remained with him for 15 days. I saw no other uh, apostles except James, the Lord's brother, uh, concerning the things which I write to you. Indeed, before God, I don't lie. Afterwards, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by faith to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only that he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me. And through all of this, Paul is saying, I, I didn't pull anything from, from the others. Look down in verse now in chapter 2, verse 6, pulling it all together. But from those who seem to be something... Uh, in other words, he's speaking of some of the eminent apostles. He says, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. Here's this new kid on the block, you know, Paul. And uh, he says, I, I don't care if this is Apostle Peter or, 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 or John or, or Matthew. I really don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me. And, and I love that. And it's such a clarification for each one of us. These guys were simply men that God used. And men that God used, guess what, gang? One thing about every man that God uses that they all have in common, they're just men. They're flesh and blood. And Paul is saying, you know, if, if they were something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something, they added nothing to me. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter. So, in other words, I, I, I was delivered to, or called to be the one who sent the gospel to the Gentiles. Peter was called to send the gospel to the Jews. And uh, he says, for Peter. For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. Then down in verse 9, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, do you you understand what he's saying? These guys seemed to be something. You know, Everybody said that they were something. They seemed to be something. They they seemed to be pillars. Well, they perceived the grace that had been given to me. They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they go to the circumcised. And they desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I was eager to do. And all of that took place in Acts chapter 15. You can go back to Acts chapter 15, that Jerusalem council, and see all that's going on. So now he returned. Look, Look at verse 11. Now when Peter... This pillar, okay, the pillar, Peter, the guy who, you know, the uh, Roman Catholics feel, you know, he was the the first pope, so he was sinless in all things. Uh, Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him face to face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles, but then when they came, he withdrew and he separated himself, fearing those of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the what? Played the what? Hypocrite with him. They played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with the hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, and do you understand what he's saying here? They were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel. Peter was saying when when none of the other Jews from Jerusalem were there, he was kind of hanging out with the Gentiles and, and, and no problem there. But then when these other Jews came from Jerusalem, he kind of said, Well, I'm going to pull back from these Gentiles because I don't want them you know, to think that I'm associated. So there's this great hypocrisy going on with Peter that hit some of the other brothers there as well as Barnabas. And Paul says, man, this is shameful because what you're doing is you're, you're saying that the gospel that they believed is, it's, oh, it's no longer valid, and I'm going to come over. I need to be over here with the Jews because they've got the truth. And this irritates Paul, I believe, again, to no end, and he comes to him, and he straightens things out. I said to Peter, uh, let's see, what verse is that? Verse 14, I said to Peter before them all, If you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel the Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, that's just kind of a Jewish statement there, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinful, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, I died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. You look at this and you think, man, is all of that the message that he gave to Peter? It's kind of like taking Peter to the woodshed and and kind of getting things straight with Peter. Because again, he says, man, it is not by the works of the law, Peter. And you know that. You know that, and you ought to be living that in front of both Gentile and Jew. Well, by the time we get to chapter 3, we realize that, again, he's, he's speaking to them uh, about the reality that salvation is, is a faith. It's not salvation of works. He continues on with that, with that, oh, foolish Galatians, why do you keep doing that? He speaks uh, over in verse 10, for as many are as are of the works of the law, they're under the curse. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He became the curse for us. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, again, not through the works of the law. And down in 19, what purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of the transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, that seed being Christ. Then it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Well, certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. So in other words, if we could do it by the law, Jesus would not have had to die. But God knew that we couldn't do it by the law. That's why he sent Christ. Verse 32, the scripture is, conf- is confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the guard by the law, kept for the faith which was afterward to be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor or our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, then guess what? We no longer need the tutor. Jesus says, I don't come to do away with the law. I come to fulfill the law. Well, does that mean that the law is of no avail anymore? No, it's still there to help us understand the greatness of our need for grace, that grace has to work in us because none of us can keep the law. It's there, and once faith has come, I'm not being directed by the law anymore other than that, just that continual reminder. Oh, yeah, man, I could never do this on my own. I could never make it on my own. Then he goes on, look down in verse 26. For you are all sons of God through what? Through faith in Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. Then he says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and you are heirs according to the promise. Remember, he's talking to a bunch of Gentiles here. And this is like more wow information for them. Because, again, the Judaizers had come. You can't have these promises until you become Jews. And he'd say, no. Real sons of Abraham, as he tells us in Romans, real sons of Abraham are those who are by faith.
0: Surprisingly and sadly, Too many followers of Jesus are Bible illiterate. They know a few basic names or facts, but the abundance of truth and love inside this great text is getting lost. This is why Pastor David feels it's necessary to take some time to work through the Bible in this series, and we're so glad you've joined us here on The Open Word for it. Each time you tune in, Pastor David will be giving you an accurate and succinct dialogue of a book of Scripture, pointing out the key passages and truths that everyone needs to be aware of. If you missed any part of today's message or any part of this series, we encourage you to visit our website. You'll be able to listen again at TheOpenWord.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, and please feel free to share these teachings with your friends and family. Everyone can benefit from this Through the Bible series. Are you in the Casa Grande area? If so, Pastor David has an invitation to extend to you.
1: Every message you hear on The Open Word is one that I shared here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande a great church where I enjoy my role as senior pastor. I'd love to see your face next time I get up to teach, and I'd really enjoy meeting you afterward. Please consider coming on out and joining us this weekend. You'll be able to find all the information you need at theopenword.com. Just click the Calvary Chapel link at the bottom of the page. See you there. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all for today. But join us next time to
0: continue through the Bible here on The Open Word.